Hi, and welcome to Selfaholic, where I hope you become addicted to finding your true purpose in life. Now, after a couple of episodes, uh, I wanted to talk briefly about a few things. But first, we are going to start with our wonderful guest today, Shirley Merrill. And Shirley is a pet communicator. And you're probably wondering why we're having a pet communicator come on when this has to do with finding your true purpose uh, in life. Um, and I know I have started this podcast to help you do that. And you are asking that, why a pet communicator? It actually has a lot uh, on many different levels. As, the, um, as there is a crisis has hit, our country, our animal shelters have emptied. People um, are leaning on our fur-covered, unconditional, loving, giving friends. We need to make sure we are responsible for them and responsibly taking care of them. Better yet, what if you can communicate with them so you can do so? They know us better than we know ourselves most of the time. I know mine do. Mine know I'm upset before I really know I'm upset. I am blessed that a lot of the times I can communicate with mine. But I know most out there can't. But our wonderful guest, Shirley, can actually help you do so. So I brought Shirley on so that she can help you understand how you can do this. Because with this epidemic that is going on, we, like I said, we are leaning on them. I know I'm leaning on mine. And we want to make sure that we don't drain them that we don't make them responsible for us. We are the adults here and we need to take care of them. So here we go. Welcome, Shirley. Thank you, good to be here. So Shirley, go ahead and um, tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Shirley Merrill and I live in upstate New York. And I moved there about 20 years ago from California, where everyone used animal communicators. It was like brushing your teeth. And when I came to upstate New York, of course, people thought I was crazy. So it took a little while to establish it here, but uh, there are many of us now. And so I travel the country, uh, mostly visiting barns for my travel. And also when I'm traveling, I teach animal communication beginning intermediate and advanced, which is finding lost pets, more like the search and rescue class. So normally when I'm traveling to a state to work, I always try to teach at least one class because I feel like I'm leaving someone or some people there that know how to do this and may take it and run with it and help talk to more and more animals. So I try to teach at least one class in each state that I go to. Um, and I do mostly now phone consultations for pets who are having health issues or behavioral issues, um, pets that are recently rescued, adopted, and pets who have crossed over, and more importantly, uh, pets who are lost. So it's busy, it's exciting, um, but it's a great job. I love it. Well, I know you've helped me because uh, when they are your pets, sometimes they don't want to talk like 
we'll go with Gabriel, my um, service dog. Um, because he's my service dog, he acts like everything's fine. It's okay, mm -hmm. mom. I don't have an issue because exactly. he's trying to protect me. Exactly. And of course, I call you going, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So uh, they will because they think it is their job to protect us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and they will not show signs. They will purposely try to hide their signs of illness mm -hmm. and sickness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I was recently speaking with a service dog who was very ill and was at the time of his transition. But this dog said to me, and, and the, uh, the owner was saying, I don't understand if you see the condition that he's in, why is he not saying it's okay? I'm ready or it's okay for you to help me. Um, why is he being so stoic about this? And the image that he showed me literally was of when they're in service and they're in their, they're on their, in, in their um, service animal apparatus or whatever you put on them that lets people know that they're a service dog. When you take that off of them, they know that they're done. Their job is done at that time. They can go play or do whatever they need to do. This dog was literally waiting for her to give him the command that it was okay to go. Literally showing me an image of take off my apparatus and tell me it's okay, job well done, you can now go. And this dog was in really bad shape, but until, because he was a service dog, he, wait, he, he felt as though he needed to wait for that command. And the command was like, sort of like in the military when they say at ease or stand down, he needed her to literally take the apparatus off and say, you're free to go, job well done. And he was in bad shape. But that's exactly what you're saying, how they will. But as service animal, that was the first time I had spoken to a service animal who was explaining it to me in that manner where he literally showed me she has to give me the command that it's okay to go. Wow. So they're different than other, they're, that's different than an, a regular pet. A service animal in that manner is completely different than any other animal that you will have because they will literally wait for that command. And it's that was the most interesting session. I loved it. I loved it. And she did give him the command and then he went um, into spirit, but that's what he had to wait for. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I'm glad she's bringing this up because it was perfect. Perfect. As I was saying in the intro, uh, with the shelters being empty, because um, it, I mean, it's a good thing, uh, but the concern is um, that when things start to get back to normal, that people are taking care of and still having the time and the energy to put in with uh, their beloved fur babies and I would think it would be better if they could understand them and that they could communicate better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that I think is very important to understand is the fact that they are like huge refrigerator magnets. Everything that we're going through, and we've talked about this many times, everything that we're going through, they're taking into themselves like huge magnets. If, we are, if we're happy, if we're upset, if even sometimes they'll take on our illnesses, but any emotion that we're going through 
they are taking that into themselves, just like huge magnets. And I don't know why animals take on our stuff, but they do, and it's huge for them. And so in this time of crisis, when people are getting stressed out, they're getting scared, um, they're getting sick, they don't know what the future is holding, there's a lot of anxiety around that. And just understand that whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, they're taking that into themselves. So try to try to know that. And I think that would be a huge way of helping them uh, because they'll start to act out. And then people are, are like, why are they acting out? Well, because they're taking on all of your stuff. And normally if you fix the people, the animals will be fine. But um, that's one way that they can, I think, understand what these animals go through. That's a way to communicate with them. But also uh, we have to understand how animals communicate with one another. So they communicate all the time, but obviously it has to be telepathic. So if we wanna communicate with them, the way that we would do that is to communicate the way that they do. Um, and so you might uh, think of sending them an image because when they're communicating telepathically one to the other, they're sending pictures or they're sending images or they're sending thoughts or feelings and that's how they're communicating. So if we wanna communicate with them, we should communicate with them the way that they communicate. It makes sense to me. So if you really want, if you have a, a new animal or a rescue pet, you know, during all of this, if you really wanna communicate with them, try to just uh, send them a thought or send them an image. You know, you might, if you're trying to bond with a, a new rescue, you might uh, try to just send them an image of, I love you, or send them the thought, I love you, or send them the thought, you're safe. Um, so whatever it is that you want to communicate with them, you can do it through sending them thoughts. You can also just say words to them. They understand our words. Um, and just know that they hear us. Our, um, our problem is that we don't, we don't know that they hear us. You know, that they, you think, well, I'm talking to this dog and I have no idea if he's listening to me or hears me or not. They do hear you. Uh, but they also feel, you can send them a feeling, you can send them a thought, you can send them a phrase. So if you wanna communicate with them, try doing it the way they communicate. It makes the most sense to me. I understand that. Uh, I can completely understand that. Um, they have a uh, hundred, you know, I don't know the exact amount, I'm just going here <laughs> like I do. Um, hundred times more senses than we do. Yes. Um, there are dogs that um, are service dogs that uh, smell, lets them know somebody's getting ready to have a, um, uh, a seizure. Yes. Or cancer. Uh, they, they yes. Or cancer or uh, somebody's, I mean, they can tell so many different things before mm -hmm. we even know our bodies. That's why I said they know mm -hmm. us better than we know ourselves at times. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, I can totally imagine and see if you're sending them an emotion, if you're see, sending them a feeling that they right. will pick it up. Right, right. Because like you're saying, when you get upset, they know you're upset. They can tell it even be, and not even a service animal, but all animals, you know, they can, they can sense that you're nervous. They can sense that you're stressed out. They can sense when you're angry or you're sad or whatever. And if they can sense that, and then obviously, you know, they can sense and feel and know 
an energy or a vibration or a thought that we're sending to them. So it, it's just, it makes sense to me that if they're picking up all of the anxiety, they can also pick up all the love. So it's, it, it works both ways, which is really a beautiful thing because it is a bummer for them to have to take on all of our stuff. It really is. But the fact that we can turn that around and say, well, if you can take on that, you can take on this love that I'm sending to you or, or I'm feeling for you. So it's really, it works both ways, you know? Yeah. So when you were talking about that, you uh, learned mm -hmm. a little over 18 years ago to uh, learn how to communicate with pets. How did you start? Well, I moved to New York and then I needed to find a communicator for my uh, own pets here. And I thought that was going to be difficult, but it wasn't. And I found a wonderful person who came out and worked with our pets. And I also found out that she taught classes. So I started to study with her and it's just like anything else. You know, people say to me, do you have to have a special gift to do this? And I, I think to some extent, yes, because I'm very blessed. But as we, you know, we've talked about before, the more I, the more we trust, the more we're given. And I, I trust what I, what I get. But anyway, I, I started to study with her and I knew that I wanted to do it right away. And it was just something that I fell into uh, when she was teaching me, she had a big part of her practice was finding lost pets, but she was getting burnt out on it because it's a tough field to do. And so she said, I'm going to forward you all of my lost pets uh, who come to me. So I started out for the longest time just doing that, which is incredibly stressful. And then a lady from Kentucky had some horses here in New York that I worked with. And afterwards, she said, I would like to fly you to Kentucky and pay all your expenses and have you work at this barn. So I was there for four days doing 10 horses a day and teaching a class and everything. And that kind of just, um, it just took off from there. And every single thing that I've ever done has been word of mouth. And it's not because of me, it's because of the amazing work that these animals do. And people get to witness their talking and their feelings and their thoughts. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, they say, oh, you're so good at this. And I say, it's, it's not me. I, I'm willing, but they do the work. And uh, when you are an animal communicator, I believe for myself that it is more like being close to a sign language interpreter where that interpreter is just taking that person's words and putting that into a language that someone can understand. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just taking their thoughts and words and interpreting them to their, to their people. Um, but that's how I got started. And then it just has gone from there and I've been blessed and um, I get to travel and meet all kinds of amazing animals and wonderful people and, and um, animals at, in the top of their, at the top of their game, so to speak, in our country and world. And it's very interesting to work with them when they have so much competitive pressure on them. And it's, it's really interesting. I learn something from them every day. Wow. Now, people are probably going to ask this question. Uh, how do you communicate with uh, an animal when you're not there? Right. And I get that all the time. And it's, it's well, if you're going to communicate telepathically, you can do that from anywhere. I have clients in Egypt and Australia and Italy, all over. So what happens is when you learn to communicate with them, the first thing that I teach is, and I, and I harp on it, 
a lot in the beginning of the class is how to make the connection. Because I believe that once you make the connection, you're off and running. So basically what I'm doing is I'm asking, uh, I have an opening prayer that I do, and I ask to be allowed to be a clear and open channel for that animal. And then I connect my heart, my soul with the heart and soul that is that animal. So if I'm just gonna connect on a soul to soul level, I can do that from wherever I am. I don't have to stand in front of the animal to connect, to make that kind of a heart or soul connection. Um, you, you learn to be able to connect with them wherever they are, because especially when you're finding a lost pet, obviously I'm not there with the pet or I wouldn't know where they were. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's about learning how do I make the connection that connects my soul to the soul that is this animal. And when you're connecting souls, you can do that from wherever you are. As you know, you know, you can connect with the soul that is anyone from wherever you are, because it's not important that we physically be there. We're connecting our souls. And we're also asking at the time when I say to allow me to be a clear and open channel, I also ask for my guides to come and work in accordance with their guides. Now I've got a convention of guides that are there taking over that session. And I also ask for only the highest good for all concerned. So that includes the, the humans that are gonna be involved in it, as well as the animals. So we've got this huge, uh, beautiful setting and whether it's from a distance or close, you've still got the same angels and you've still got the same guidance and you've still got, and you've still got that connection. So I say to people, it's not about physically being able to see them. It's about learning how to make a connection with them um, that connects our soul. And then we just go from there. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does to me. Um, I'm hoping it makes sense out there. Um, Cause uh, I, I try to explain that everything is energy. Yes. And uh, so it's just like a radio out there that picks up a frequency. Yes. And uh, exactly. it's red. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, it's hard yeah. to explain, but it works. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I like when you say soul to soul. Oh, it has to be. It has to be soul to soul. And that's what I think, if you ask me, is the difference between somebody who communicates with animals and somebody who is a true animal communicator. The difference is what kind of connection are they making? Um, are they, if they're connecting the soul, then you've got it made, you know, and I, I that's, it, it's huge for me to, to know that that's, that's how I, I was blessed to have it work. <laughs> that is, that is. And I think, one of the things you and I have talked about uh, is something your teacher had uh, spoken to you about, um, about if you question or you doubt it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. explain that. Well, you know, she, my teacher said to me in the very beginning, she knew that I wanted to do this for a living or I wanted to do it for, to help people. And she said, if you, because everybody that I teach, everybody that was in her class said the same thing. How do I know that what I'm getting is really true or is it something I made up or I heard in my mind or how do I know that what I'm getting is accurate? So 
she said, you know, you have to trust that when you, when you open up to speak to that animal, you have to trust that what is coming through is going to be real. You have to trust that. And if you stop and say, oh, did I hear that right? Or, hmm, I don't know, why did they say that? Or am I crazy? Or if you stop to do that, she said, if you start to doubt yourself, well, you know, I'm not doubting myself, I'm doubting my guides, and I'm never going to do that. If it were just me and I was in this all by myself, I would doubt myself every day. But I'm not going to doubt what my guides are telling me. I'm not going to doubt what a guide is bringing through. I've never done that. I never will because it's not me. And so, uh, but she did tell me, if you start to doubt yourself, you're going to have to stop doing this because you will not be good. You know, so, so I never doubted because I never wanted to stop doing it. And so, um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna doubt where this information comes from. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that because you're so good at it, and you're helping so many with it, especially those, um, especially for those of us that, uh, you know, I, I don't remember where the article came from, but it talked about how when a pet passes, it. It's different than when a human passes, and we're not definitely not putting down when a human passes. But it says that, um, like, uh, when a pet passes, it hits us on so many different spots in our life, so many different levels. Where a human feels one part in our life, you know, one section, but a pet feels so many different aspects. You know, they feel so many different roles, and when they pass. It, it devastates us more yes. than what people would think. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you do is you communicate um, with our, 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 the love, our love babies that pass and help, you know, and help heal mm -hmm. and communicate to help and make sure. Cause I think just like with humans, people want to make sure that they make it to the other side and that they're happy. And I mean, mm -hmm. the rainbow, you know, story, I mean, there are so many things out there just as with humans, mm -hmm. that the concern is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But they, what I love about talking to pets who have crossed over is the messages that they send back are so beautiful if you just think of it as based on where they're coming from. They're now sending you a message from spirit. They're not sending you a message from sitting on the couch talking to them or, you know, or being out in the backyard. They're now, when they're talking to you now, they're now speaking to you from the spirit. So the, so the messages that they are sending back to us are so beautiful and so pure and so full of love. And it's, it's very hard to continue to grieve uh, in the same manner after you've spoken to them when they've crossed. There's a, there's a whole different level of grief that it just takes the grief and it lifts it. It might not take it away per, you know, forever. Or it might not take it away, but it will lift your grief tremendously just based on the messages that they're sending back to us based on where they are, first of all. But, you know, they talk a lot from spirit. I noticed that uh, animals talk a lot about acceptance, acceptance of what is, acceptance of what happened. Uh, they, they live like that. And if it was an accident, they got hit by a car or it was sudden death or it's hard. It's harder sometimes uh, to accept that. But they talk a lot about acceptance and they talk a lot about accepting ourselves. And um, they talk a, a lot about everything is so uplifted. It's hard to be.
be sad when you're speaking to them in spirit. And they're very funny too. They, they, they crack jokes. They, it, it just, I, I would really encourage anyone who is grieving, seriously grieving over the loss of a pet to talk to them. Uh, because it will lift your grief. It will, it will help you to understand that they are in a great place. They're happy. They're beautiful. They're not hurting. Um, it, it's just a beautiful thing to do. It really is. One of the things um, I know I've experienced and I've been able to help others, and I'm sure you have too, is that um, you can ask them to come back. Yes. You can ask them and they are very willing to come back. Mm -hmm. um, you can say, you know, I really loved the soul and the energy of you and, you know, would you want to come back? And they're like, sure, <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> they do. Uh, everyone laughs at me because they say my house is a revolving door. When I lose a pet, it comes back again. It happens to me all the time. But when we lived in California, we lost a cat very suddenly. And this cat was a little strange in that every morning, his name was Mr. Tom. He went out with me when I walked the dogs on their leashes. Uh, the dogs would go to the bathroom and we would come back in. So he would walk with us and the dogs would go to the bathroom. He would dig a hole, go to the bathroom, cover it up, just like the, you know, going with the dogs. Then he would walk back in the house with us, just like a dog, went out, did his business, came back with the dog. So he was very strange in that way. I'd never seen a cat do that before. So he passed away and a couple months later, we were with some friends who had this litter of kittens and my husband was insistent we take this one cat. And I said, we are not getting another cat. So obviously the cat came home with us, a little kitten, like seven weeks old, eight weeks old. And the next morning I got up, put the dogs on the leash, take the dogs out, here comes the kitten, walks with the dogs. They did their business, this little kitten digs a hole goes in it, covers it up, and walks back in the house. And I sat there and I looked and I said, Mr. Tom, like how obvious was it that he was telling me, mom, this is me? Because what other cat, especially a tiny kitten, would go out and dig a hole and go to the bathroom and come, he did exactly Mr. Tom's routine. So that was a no brainer. But a lot of times it's not that obvious. You have to search for it. But it happens. And I, I have asked, had many people ask me, do our animals come back to us? And I say, absolutely. They, and they let us know, too. They do. They let us know. This is me. Uh, Mom, you know, it, it's, it's great. Yeah. And, but, but, people, but people go a little crazy, I think, when they lose a pet and they know. Say so they, they find out, oh, I have a choice for you know this pet to come maybe this pet could come back to me then they go crazy looking all over they're online they're looking at puppies they're looking here they're looking there and i say to them you don't have to do that the universe is going to make this connection and it doesn't matter you know, your dog can be in that litter and somebody can take that dog don't worry about it they'll bring it back something will happen down the road that you'll connect with that animal because it's that's what has been set up. So people get all into this and I tell them, just don't do anything. Please just sit back and let it come. Uh, but, and I know that's hard to do when you're so excited and you want that pet to come back. But I, I just say, don't, don't do anything. Just let it come. You know, it, cause it's true. It's true. It does. It does happen. It just, uh, I've had it happen where I literally just walk out a door 
where I'm completely somewhere far away. I mm -hmm. walk out a door and bam. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times people will say to me, I have this feeling that I've been with this animal before. And uh, and they do they do sort of the same things. And I say, well, I'm pretty sure that's you know that's the case. But be being open to it, I think, is the whole trip because a lot of people have to wrap their brains around that. And not everybody's open to to believing that, but it doesn't matter because it happens anyway, whether you're open to it or not. Even if you don't believe in communication, you don't believe in reincarnation, you don't have to believe in anything. It doesn't matter. If, if that cat is meant to come back to you, they're gonna come back whether you believe it or not. So I love that aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> Karma. <laughs> yeah, we can bypass our beliefs. <laughs> Now you, uh, I know you're uh, writing a book. I am. It's taken me a long time. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I work with uh, uh, a racehorse uh, that and I don't, I did, I, you know, I was really bad at first because I was very judgmental about it, um, about the whole horse racing business. And I still guess, I guess I still am to some extent, but for some, but I, I agreed to work with this one horse because of the fact that I knew he was so well cared for and so, so pamper. It wasn't like, you know, you normally see. And so I, I've been working with him for a few years and he said to me, I want to write a book. And I said, okay. And uh, he said, I want to, I want you to write it for me in my own words. So none of the words are mine. And it's, it's so far it's good and I like it and I'm still working on it. And, uh, but I have been very blessed uh, to have, uh, you know, an author and, you know, helping me and sort of I I ran into someone who wanted to pay it forward, which was a blessing. So I hope to have it finished by the fall. And I'm excited about that. But I don't have a name yet. Uh, most of it's coming through guidance. So, you know, I'm making that connection with him. Mm -hmm. And then and then all of it's coming through. Uh, through, through his guides and my guides. And so I'm really not, I guess I am writing it and then I'm typing it, but that's really uh, my only part in it is I'm bringing through the words. So that kind of makes you like a ghostwriter. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be a good name. <laughs> you know what, I'll call you for the forward, okay? <laughs> okay. Instead of instead of ghost writer, you could be the ghost writer. You know, instead writer. writer, writer. Writer, exactly. It's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> oh God, you know, do a little pun on the jockey side of it. Maybe you I know. Could. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get some jokes in there. Oh yeah, gotta have fun with it. If you exactly. don't have fun, what's the point of being here? Exactly. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I really, I really mean that. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, you know, I, I had somebody recently interview me and asked me, you know, uh, my, uh, what I would want people to know at the end. And I said that I listened to God and did what he said. I lived, I laughed a lot and I loved a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, God, you just gotta laugh. Please, everybody well, out there, laugh. Laugh your patootie off. That's something. 
even if you're laughing at yourself. <laughs> I know, <laughs> which I do a lot. I do a lot. I do. I do a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I recently um, uh, got, uh, for my birthday, got a, uh, a bicycle, and uh, which I love. It's an e-bike. Love it. Exercising. And um, I've fallen twice on it. And uh, my, my, I was out with my husband and uh, my mother-in-law bicycling. And um, my, my, my husband, who's very funny, uh, told my mother-in-law, he says, uh, stick to her right. She has a tendency to fall to her left. <laughs> I hope you didn't hurt yourself. <laughs> a little bit. The first one was a bad crash, but, <laughs> but I was like, but I was just crying. I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> it's like I should have like on the back of my shirt. I should have an arrow pointing to my right. You know, exactly. <laughs> some, people, some people stay to my right. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't ski, or do you? Oh, I used to. <laughs> I used to water ski, snow ski. I used to do it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, I want to, you know, I, the one thing I really would like, you know, out of this is that, you know, I would like everyone to know that, you know, these, as we call them pets, uh, you know, I actually almost feel that that sounds uh, so much less than what they are. Yes. Um, I always say that uh, they allow uh, ours uh, allow us to live in their home. Mm -hmm. They allow us to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They allow like cats. They allow us to pet them. Yes, uh, but that uh, at least for my husband and I, this they're our family. They're our kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that they are not just you know these creatures in in your home. They are not uh these beasts you know mm -hmm. beastie yeah they are true souls mm -hmm. unconditional loving giving souls mm -hmm. exactly. and they deserve your kindness mm -hmm. uh, they deserve your time mm -hmm. and your understanding yes so much of understanding you know i know uh a lot of people not wrongly, but a lot of people just generationally and some with the way that pe people have been raised and my, my father and grandparents, they were different than I am with the animals. It was their upbringing, their generation, whatever. But, um, you know, a lot of people tend to feel like I'm a human and you're an animal and that there's a difference. Um, you know, I know with a lot of, I see a, a lot in horse training, you know, you're a horse and I'm a uh, human and you're gonna do what I tell you to do. And they make and they differentiate between the two uh like any anything like you're a dog and i'm a human and and i'm going to train you and you're going to do what i tell you because somehow they feel like there's a difference there um but the thing is is that they they're two souls you know that horse has, is a soul and that trainer is a soul identical they're souls they're two souls but one of them one soul came in in the physical form of a horse and one soul came in in the physical form of a human. That's the only difference, is how did, how did these souls come in? They came in in two different forms, physical forms. The souls are the same. So, you know, if you, so don't think that I'm human, you're animal. You, you, you have to sort of think, 
we're two souls. And, and the thing to understand is if your souls are the same, then these animals, they feel grief and they feel sadness and they and fear and joy and every single human emotion that we have, they feel as well because it's not human and animal, it's two souls. So I think if people could just look at it that way, instead of uh, that this is an animal, even if they're looking at it as this is a pet, it's okay, but you have to look at it as this is a soul and I'm a soul. And that's how we need to connect and understand that there's no difference. The only difference is the physical. That's it, that's the, that's the only difference. Wow. True, right? So true. True. Mm -hmm. Very true. So well, true. I think we're gonna leave on that one because good. Okay. I, people need to stew and live. You know, on it's that a lot one. to take in. It, it is. is soul to soul. Mm -hmm. Soul to soul. I like that. That's how we'll get through it. <laughs> That's how we're gonna get through to everything. Through everything. Exactly. Exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to reach out to Shirley uh, for anything, and I do regularly, as <laughs> you will confess, uh, she's at shirleymerrill.com. That's S-H-I-R-L-E-Y-M-E-R-R-I-L-L.com. Shirley, Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on and uh, talking with us today. I really appreciate you. I do too. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.